So, mm -hmm. hello, welcome to another episode of the Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative and the curious. I'm your host, Amelia Hines, and I'm delighted to have Anastasia and Rebecca with me here today. Delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's amazing to be here, and I'm excited to um, start discussing this art piece that we have. Wonderful, and welcome to the Explain Art Podcast. Our case study for this episode is titled Clothing Nudes. Joe Brown, a noted sculptor of athletes who lived in Princeton, New Jersey, did a larger-than-life bronze sculpture of two gymnasts for the campus Temple University in Philadelphia. The male figure dressed in shorts with both feet on the pedestal holds the unclothed female high over his head in a dramatic handstand. Mr. Brown, in response to feminist complaints that the sexes are not treated equally in his work, replied that he had at first intended both figures to be unclothed, but a nude male at street level in a city would invite vandals to spray paint or decorate it in various ways. So he added it the shorts. Before we dive in and unravel the controversy that we are discussing, let's take a look at the questions we hope to answer. Should such issues affect the aesthetic qualities of artworks? Should the sculptor have left both figures uncloded, both clothed, clothed the female and left the male uncloded, or do what he did? Are the shorts an artistic mistake? First, let's start with who was Joe Brown? Rebecca? Okay, so Joe Brown, son of Russian immigrants, was born on March 20th, 1909. He grew up in South Philadelphia. Joe was once a professional boxer studying at Temple University. When it came to boxing, his record was 9-0. It was spotless before he abandoned the sport. He quit because he thought the sport was too ruthless. Quote, I want to fight. And the next day, the newspaper said I slaughtered the guy. I couldn't even eat my soft-boiled eggs while reading the story. I realized if this is how I feel when I slaughter the guy, how is it going to feel when somebody slaughters me? End quote. Interesting. Anastasia? Uh, yes, to add on to that, um, while working part-time as a model for a sculpting class, uh, he actually saw the student's work and thought that he himself could do a better job than them. He, um, when he realized he was interested in sculpting, he first sculpted his brother, Harry, a boxer and a ballet dancer. All three of these works were accepted in Pennsylvania's Academy of Art annual exhibition. Um, and he actually, his accomplish accomplishments and work intrigued Dr. Art Trait McKenzie, who was a noted sculptor at the time. So he took him as an apprentice and mentored him for about seven years. Um, Later, he uh, would go on to work at Princeton University as a boxing coach in 1937, and then he would become a teacher for sculpting course in 1939. Uh, this would eventually become lead him to becoming a full professor of art until his retirement in 1977. Hmm. Wonderful. To add to that, I'd also like to state that he created more than 400 artworks, not only including sculptures. His works can be seen in many college campuses such as the well-known Yale University and Princeton University. During his time at Princeton, he began experimenting with sculptures. 
He used his love of sports to influence his art and went on to create works based off of other athletes, such as gymnasts, two athletes, 1969, and Jesse Owens, 1942. Joe wanted to create a way for children to engage in active cooperative play. At the time, this was seen as a radical reason and a way to use sculptures. He sadly passed away from a long illness on March 14, 1985. The illness was, however, never specified. Let's briefly touch on the history of Princeton, New Jersey, the home of Joe Brown. Rebecca? Okay, <clears throat> so founded in the late 17th century, Princeton, New Jersey had been a center for learning and culture throughout the colonial period, continuing to the present day. It is also renowned for its production of various scholars, scientists, statesmen, and writers. Princeton is known for assembling two signers of the Declaration of Independence. During this time period, Princeton served as the nation's capital for a brief stint, allowing for the Continental Congress to meet at its famous university, also dubbed Princeton. Mm, wonderful. Now, let's touch on Temple University, which is where Joe briefly went to study. Anastasia? Uh, yes, as you mentioned just now, uh, he did go to Temple University for a brief stint. Um, the university was actually founded in 1884. It's a public state research-based university. And it was founded by the Baptist minister, Russell Conwell, and his congregation, Grace Baptist Church of Philadelphia, once known as the Baptist Temple. The university is known as one of the nation's largest educational institutions uh, in the fields of pharmacy, dentistry, dent ten dentistry, sorry, <laughs> podiatry, and law. Okay, mm. it's also interesting to note that while Joe Brown went to Temple University, he got in on a football scholarship and then continued on to be um, a boxer. And that's when he dropped out of Temple. Mm. Thank you for your input, Rebecca. As we get closer to the questions, it is important to bring light to the process of creating bronze sculptures. Bronze sculptures, as their namesake suggests, are made from bronze, which is an alloy made up of both copper and tin. The process starts by heating the two metals together and then allowing it to cool down. The earliest known bronze products were actually made from copper and arsenic. It has been later revealed that many ancient bronzes have really been made up of Brass. Bronze sculptures are made in a process known as casting. The process of casting is done by pouring molten metal into a mold, then letting it sit in order to solidify. Casting is performed differently as compared to chiseling and carving, usually associated with marble sculptures, or the modeling associated with ceramics but it is used to achieve the same results as both methods. The different forms of castings for making bronze sculptures include centrifugal casting, sand casting, and lost wax casting. Concerning bronze sculptures, Joe Brown's controversial statue, Gymnast, stands about 19 feet tall and has a square base, five feet in length. The statue sat just north of Montgomery in front of Pearson, and McGonning Halls, where it no longer stands due to the merging of both halls into a single building covering the space where it once stood. <clears throat> okay, so finally, we can get into the questions that we said we were gonna answer at the beginning. 
Yes, I'd like okay. to add something before we get into the questions, though. Mm -hmm. uh, I briefly looked into the gymnast statue to under better understand why it was labeled as controversial and didn't really take any notes of anyone really coming forward having said um, or complained about the statue, right? So I didn't see any news articles or protests about the way the, the statue was was created, how the one gymnast had shorts and the other one did not have anything on. So I found it interesting how our case study was suggested to be controversial when looking into it, there were no news stories or any anything concerning it really about as controversial. Mm, I found oh. that too that and while I was researching I didn't find any news articles or anything stating this statue as controversial. However, it might have been word of mouth throughout the university oh. that could have brought into light this controversy about the statue. It is also possible that most of this controversy was posted in newspapers instead of articles online. So we may not be able to access that material anymore. That's also a possibility. No, that, I agree. That is definitely a possibility as it was created in 1969. Um, the only way to really would look into it would have to be through archives, uh, possibly libraries or news stations. So for us to really understand or get into that, um, we'd have to go outside of the internet and actually question people who were there during that time or look into archives that would have anything of note. I feel like one place that would be like where we could find the most information would be the university newspapers. Like yeah, that's they're true. Also yes. their thing yes. that most likely be where all the information is coming from. Yeah. Wow, wonderful. That's the input I didn't really think about before. But on to our first question. Should ish these issues affect the aesthetic qualities of artworks, such as sexism, feminism, and equality in the workplace? Should that have an impact on the way artists make art? Um, I think that concerning this specific piece, he chose what he believed to be best for the art piece. Uh, again, when researching, didn't really come across anything that suggested that he was sexualizing the woman. He did mention a concern for his statue. Um, so I, I, sexism and feminism does play a part in the way people would view the statue. However, that is not what he stated he did. He states that it was an artistic choice to preserve the statue for, for like future generations and stuff so that it wasn't vandalized or, or, mm -hmm. uh, Hope that. Hope but that. I do believe that he should have took it in consideration because yes. like art has a great impact on society yes. and art influences how we do certain things. So even though he had in his best intentions, he should have been aware of how he was representing the gymnast as he was once a boxer. So he knows yes. how it feels to be an artist. He wasn't yeah. representing fictional characters. He was representing real people and real aspects of life. Yes, and it's shown in a lot of um, artistic pieces that a lot of the times the, the meaning behind them will change and evolve concerning 
the uh, society's view in that point in time or um, society's uh, interpretation of what the artistic piece looks like. So even though he may have said this about wanting to preserve the statue, um, if if no one does research or looks into who he was or um, his other pieces, they can automatically come to the assumption that he wanted to display the female body in a sexual manner. Mm. Rebecca, I, what's your input? I totally agree with what Anastasia said. But then going on the issue of vandalism, there's many statues that if you look at the bronze statues, that people have found a tradition to touch certain parts of these statues yes. and they become discolored and they um, start to fade and like become smooth and no longer look like the artwork intended. So mm -hmm. like the Greyfriars Bobby statue in Edinburgh, where it's a statue of a dog and people have come up with the tradition that touching the, its nose gives them luck, but it's now become discolored and it's smoothing out and it's affecting how the statue actually looks. So mm -hmm. I get in his point of view by putting shorts, he's making it less of a target. Mm. Yeah. Like for others not to come up and start like tradi like traditions against like that specific part of the body. But also like it does come if you don't research into the topic of what he actually was trying to make, it does come off a little weird that he's clothed and she is not. This this mm. specific issue I feel like isn't necessarily black and white. There is not gonna be a a definitive answer because there's things that we as viewing the arts um believe he could have done or should have done to change the statue versus what he took into consideration to to protect what he originally wanted it to look like as rebecca said about them vandalizing um the area of the statue i think that's also a society issue that if they have the female naked body if they see that they will not vandalize it but on the other hand, if they see a male naked body, they will vandalize that. That has to do with uh, society's outlook on the different sexes too. And overall, I do question does that does society's opinion, should that interfere with what the artists want to do? Because at the end of the day, it's their artwork and their outlook. So that's a bit controversial in a sense. Another question that I'd like y'all, you guys to look up on. Do you think that he should have left both figures uncloded as he originally intended or both floated? I feel that he should have thought it through because I don't believe that when he made the decision to clothe the male instead of the female, he originally thought that this would become such an issue. He just wanted to protect his statue. But um, he should have, in my, like, what I believe is he should have, if he wanted to clothe one, he should have closed the other because it doesn't really flow with the meaning of his statue if one of them is clothed and the other is not. Because then it wouldn't make sense. Why is one of the athletes clothed while the other is unclothed? Yes. So in my opinion, if he wanted to clothe one, he should have clothed both. Um, I agree with Rebecca 100% that it kind of it definitely changed the meaning of his statue that he wanted to put out 
which was basically the strength of gymnasts being able to to use their bodies to hold themselves up and it, I understand that he wanted to preserve his statue but it, if you don't add clothes to the the female then it kind of it counteracts what you originally intended so by adding clothes to both you're both preserving the statue and not trying to signal out the the female uh counterpart of the statue versus if you just unclothe both of them the statue would possibly get vandalized so in the end you, you really thought it through it would have made more sense to clothe both mm -hmm. But on the other hand, if you pull up a picture of the actual statue and you see how he made it, like the way he represents the female body, it doesn't look exactly uncluded or provocative in any way. Yeah. It does, even though the the male has on shorts, mm -hmm. it real there's really no distinct. I guess he was probably only trying to hide the male uh uh area. <laughs> by the using the shorts yeah do you think the shorts was an artistic mistake depending on how you view it though yeah the statue if you're coming like towards the front you can see the male like full-on and you can't really tell that the female is unclothed but when you're looking at it from the perspective coming on to the female she is clearly unclothed and the male is just you can't even tell what he's yeah. wearing um, also, it's really quick to go off of what Rebecca said. Um, you may be able to tell that she's unclothed, but it's not in such a defined sense that she's being sexualized. But it does show a gymnast's body in the sense that it has the structure and the uh, the shape of what a handstand would look like. But there's no there's no oversexualization of the female in that sense, though. So question, do you think it would have been different if he clothed the female and left the male unclothed? Do you think he would have had a different response? Definitely. It would have been a definite response, different response, because um, the, as we discussed just a second ago, the female, it's not really over-sexualized and it's not really in detail um, versus the male appendage would have to be kind of detailed to be able to tell that it's a male. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get what you're saying right there. Mm -hmm. So, in a sense, do you think it was the right decision for him to leave it as how he did? I think or it was his decision in the end because there is no right and wrong when it comes to someone expressing their art form, I believe. It's their opinion and their perspective. Ah. Uh, I believe that, um, yes, it was, it's how he interprets it, but then Everybody else has their own opinion of the artwork. Art yeah. is, in fact, like in the eye of the beholder. They yes. can get their own opinions. And by clothing one and not clothing the other, I believe that sent the wrong message. It didn't yeah. send what he wanted to send. Yes, so I do believe that. It could have, it, in a way, it was a mistake on his part to add the shorts yeah. if he didn't add the same amount of clothing yeah. for them. No, I agree. It was a mistake, but I wouldn't call it an artistic mistake. You, you know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. a mistake because it sent the wrong message to to people viewing the artwork. But mm -hmm. saying it's an artistic mistake would then inherently insult the artist's creation. This is what he wanted to put out. This is his interpretation. And that was his choice. You can't make a mistake when it's something that you created in your beliefs and, and how you view things. 
because mm-hmm. everyone has a different opinion and interpretation of stuff. So yeah. it was a mistake in the sense that everyone views it now as, as changing society in a kind of negative light, but it wasn't a mm-hmm. artistic mistake. And I also want to draw a point to the fact that even now and back then in in athletic um, arena, when it comes on to clothing, females are usually clothed less compared yes. to male. So he could have looked at it like that because like even today, like they're trying to like have wear more clothes, yes. female athletes, but they're still saying that they need to wear that yeah. less clothing. So, you know, maybe he looked at it at that from that perspective in his maybe, artwork and chose to make that decision. Maybe he was trying to express that that view, like you said, that this is how women are viewed in a in a manner of basically wearing nothing, little to nothing, while men have to be clothed and get to have the choice of, of the clothes they wear. Maybe that we can interpret it that way instead of interpreting it as over-sexualizing a female body. We can interpret it as a athlete expressing his views on women's clothing and how in an athletic sense they're basically wearing almost nothing Mm. I do really appreciate your take on all of this that was wonderful thank you so much for joining us today Rebecca and Anastasia And this concludes Exploring Art Podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Art Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon and remember to stay curious.